1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Intersections Match's Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. We and our guests discuss relationships and health and wellness, each of which contributes to meaningful and fulfilling lives. This is Justina, your host. I'm a former practicing lawyer and the founder of Intersections Match, the only elite national, personalized matchmaking company focused on singles of South Asian descent nationwide in the U.S. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Catherine Cardinal to our show tonight. Dr. Cardinal has been a guest expert on The O'Reilly Factor, CBS Studio 2, Blind Date, Match.com, and Chemistry.com. She's been a commentator on more than 25 U.S. and international radio programs and featured in Cosmopolitan, Glamour, Redbook, Ladies Home Journal, Maxim, Complete Woman, Modern Bride, Star, and In Touch. Dr. Cardinal is the LA Times best-selling author, and her books have been published in seven languages. Tonight we'll be discussing Dr. Cardinal's book, Men to Run From, so you can find the right one to run to. Welcome, Dr. Cardinal.
1: Hi, Justina. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. as a professional match. As a professional matchmaker and dating coach, I'm fascinated by insights and perspectives regarding relationships. I've enjoyed reading Men to Run From so you can find the right one to run to and would love to explore some of the insights shared in your book.
1: Great. I'd love to talk about it.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, Dr. Cardinal, before exploring the insights, um, why don't you share with our listeners what prompted you to write this book in the first place?
1: You know, I was – well, I've been. In, uh, I'm a coach as well in a relationship. Um, I do relationship coaching and individual coaching, and I have a PhD in counseling psychology. So I'm always hearing about the, you know, basically kind of the complaints that people have about being in relationship. And over 25 years that I've been doing this, I, I started to see there were different types of men out there that women should be aware of. But where it really crystallized for me is I was sitting at a friend's house just paging through a book called the uh, National Audubon Society's Field Guide to Birds. And if you've ever seen this book, it's a thick book, and it's got a color picture of a bird, and next to it it has what it looks like, what it sounds like, where it lives, and what its mating habits are. And it inspired the idea of writing a book that is essentially a field guide to men. I call it a practical manual for recognizing red flag men.
0: I love that. How interesting. Now, in your book, you share 20 different prototypes of guys um, whose behavior and traits are likely to pose, you know, substantial challenges to forming long-lasting and fulfilling relationships. Mm-hmm. And what's great is that for each of the 22, I'm sorry the 20 prototypes discussed in the book, you describe the following four helpful things. And I'm going to outline them for the audience, um, number one what each prototype tends to look and sound like, number two, why we tend to be drawn to each prototype, number three, the obstacles a woman will likely face with each prototype, and finally, number four, helpful hints, questions to ask yourself, and things to do, which I love, um, when you find yourself in a relationship with, with any of the prototypes you discuss. Now, I picked three of the 20 prototypes, which I believe would likely be of most interest to our audience, although the the 17, I'm sure, would be of interest as well. Just in the interest of time, I have to pick three, so uh, (laughs) I selected three, and I'd love for you to discuss each of the three one by one, including um, what I just mentioned in terms of what each of the three prototypes tends to look and sound like, why we tend to be drawn to each of the three prototypes. You know, obstacles a woman will a woman will likely face with you, each of the three prototypes. And finally, um, one of my fa- perhaps my favorite of of the four is the helpful hints, the questions to ask yourself, and the things to do when you find yourself in a relationship with any of uh, the three prototypes. So the three prototypes I selected, um, and we'll discuss tonight. You, uh, Dr. Cardinal characterizes as the Camier. Go away, guy. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell us about him. Yes, and 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 before I do that, may I comment on something that you just that you said a, a minute ago? Absolutely, sure. I I really like to uh, uh, start out an interview with the following: is that you know when people hear the title, they they get ideas about what it means, and it, what I want, always want to say up front is that in every one of these men that's depicted in the book, every one of them might have something that's very redeeming. And that is why at the end of each chapter I have very, very positive things that you can do because not all of these guys um, are uh, incapable of being in a relationship. If Sometimes a woman can bring out the best in a man and help some of these negative traits be diminished. So I have a lot of men telling me they love the book because it has such a positive uh ending of each chapter where they say, man, I wish my my girlfriend would have done some of these things with me.
0: Wonderful. So I love that that's so empowering, empowering for, um, you know, for the men in terms of what they can do and for the women in their lives who can help them in that mm-hmm. way. Um, so I like I love that. Um, great. Thank you. But well, unfortunately,
1: uh, the one you picked, the come here, go away guy, <laughs> yeah, he's see. one of the ones that there's little you can do with. So some of okay. some of my types, some of my types, like for instance, the the, the substance abuser, the you know the heavy drug addict. Um, there's a couple that require quite a bit of work, and the come here go away guy, what, gay, away guy, unfortunately, is one of the ones that generally tends to have a little more pathology. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know what that means, means that there's a little more um, out of whack than you might be willing to deal with. So the come go away guy is the guy that. You know, he he knows how to flirt, he knows how to do the hunt, he's smooth, he's seductive, he's usually very charming, and um, he just really loves drawing women to himself. And a woman can get uh, mesmerized by this, and even a woman with a strong sense of self-esteem and a strong sense of common sense can get sucked into this. And these are the guys who are all dressed up but really can't go very far. So what happens is you have those first couple dates, he, he likes you, he, he may even say he loves you. I had a client come in yesterday with a come here, go away guy. He was telling her he loved her after the third date, talking about marriage, by the fifth day, And then when you finally start to give in and you start to show, you reciprocate feelings, or it really starts to become real, he's out the door and I think anybody who's listening, any woman that's listening, can think of a story with herself or a girlfriend where you've heard that, oh, he was there, we did this, we did that, and then all of a sudden he just stopped calling.
0: Just disappeared. Yeah. Just
1: disappeared.
0: Okay, and I know you you qualified at the beginning with this. this is one of those prototypes where, you know, the things to do are limited, that's yeah. That what, what are some questions to ask yourself, things to do, if you do have to define yourself in a relationship with a guy like this or your friend does or someone in your life does?
1: Um, well, you know, I also want to say in, in defense of men, sometimes if a guy doesn't stop calling, it might not be that he's a come here, go away guy. He might have reunited with his ex or realized that, you know, or got a job somewhere else, but then you want at least the guy to have enough sense, enough courtesy to call and tell you but mainly the questions that I have here um, are more geared to catching that this might be a come go-away guy before you find out, because if he is a come go-away guy, by the time you realize who he is, it's because he's gone, and there's really nothing else you can do about it. So what I want to say more to women here, if a guy seems too good to be true, he's charming, he's wonderful, he's affectionate, he's complimentary, that's great. I want to say to you, you may have met the man you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Um, but then I want to say, are you taking it slow? Is his affection and his, you know, being there for you, his, um, you know, courtesy, all the good things you like about him, is he being consistent with those? Because oftentimes the come here, go away guy will disappear for a while. He'll, he'll say, I'll call you Tuesday. Tuesday comes and goes, he disappears for two or three weeks, he calls back, he's all apologetic, and sometimes they repeat this pattern a number of times. So what you were looking for is someone who's consistent over a long period of time and doesn't come back with all these excuses of where he went. So the question is, is your God being consistent in his good behavior? And then I asked, do you know that it takes at least nine to 12 months to really know who somebody is? And at the very least, six months. So not to get too bowled over by his charm. Then, do you know anything about his history? Has he had any successful long-term relationships? And last but not least, does he withdraw when, if, does he withdraw when you show your feelings? In other words, if you start reciprocating, does he get a little cool and aloof? That's a red flag for a come-here, go-away guy.
0: Uh, and then the the, uncomfortable when you're also uh you know reciprocating your with your feelings and really having a heart-to-heart with him does that push him away or does that make him very uncomfortable
1: exactly Uh, and then if i have a story in here that's a client i work with quite a while ago she had a come here go away guy and she had she had some big issues with this guy because it was over years and years he would disappear and come back and disappear and come back now this is somebody that you know, this woman had a sense of self-esteem that needed some work, and I didn't meet her till she had already been doing this for a long time. But do you ever find yourself, when he comes back, and he apologizes, you going against your inner self to take him back, and then if he's going to disappear again, you start begging him not to go again. Oh, please don't go again. That's that's a red flag. That means that you're addicted to him, and that's something to look at. But mostly what I say with Camirgo go guys, is if it seems too good to be true, then take your time to find out if it is true, because they can be very, very, um, you know, charming and disarming all at the same time.
0: Okay. So um, so give him the time to show you, you know, over time that he is able to be consistent and he is comfortable with you expressing your feelings towards him as well. Mhm.
1: Okay. And, and, and I'd like to say something that's a million-dollar piece of advice that I give to my my clients and women. I want you to hear this. Take out a pen and write it down, because we've all most people. Most women have been burned by this. Men do not fall in love quickly. They fall in like, and they fall in lust very quickly. And then once they like you, they're physically attracted to you, and they like your personality, and they they're lusting for you. They think you're sexy. They want to have sex with you. Then over time. Like and lust turns into love. So when you hear when you hear of a guy telling you he loves you by the third day, uh-uh. Don't fall for that. No he likes you and he thinks you're hot. That's what you know so far. Only time will reveal if he's going to fall in love with you.
0: Ah. Wonderful. All right, I hope everyone got that one down. Um let's move on to the second of the three prototypes that I selected out of the 20 that Dr. Cardinal lays out in her book. Um, the second of the three prototypes I'd like to discuss, um, Dr. Cardinal characterized as the kid in a candy store. And Dr. <laughs> Cardinal, please uh, tell us about him. This
1: is this is the guy that is the poster child for Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> okay. And it, and, it, and it doesn't have anything to do with age. Like, for instance, I have another section called Boys, which is about... The youngins, I call them the youngsters. But the kid in the candy store is the guy who had stuck at the phase of his the phase of development where he, his appetite for life is huge. So he, he's he's viewing life as a smorgasbord, and he wants to taste a little bit of everything. And that that could mean that usually does mean different women. But it also is the guy that wants the newest watch, wants to go to Las Vegas to visit the latest hotel. He's the guy that's reading GQ and kind of wants whatever's new and shiny. He likes new and shiny. And um, they usually have a lot of passion and spontaneity, and this is a great thing. But if you're looking at a guy like this thinking, um, I'm going to be the one to have him get through this cycle very quickly and I'll get him to commit to me, you've got to be very careful there because it's unlikely that will happen. I have a sub Topic, a subtype in this, too, which I call Slick Willie. Um, this is the guy that just wants to basically have sex with anything that's moving. Okay. Uh, but, but the kid in the candy store is just the guy that well, this wants everything. He wants to know what it's like to have sex with the ballerina. He, you know, he wants to know what it's like to have sex with the lawyer or the school teacher. And it's okay to play. I see if you're looking for a role in the hay, these guys are a blast. But if you're looking for commitment, marriage, and children, very unlikely.
0: Ah, so what are, some, what are some things to do, questions to ask yourself when you do find yourself in a relationship with someone you suspect may be the kid in the candy store?
1: Well, what I do say is if you are, gonna, if you are aware that this guy is a, is a kid and has his focus all over, at the very least does he respect your wishes and pay attention to you when he's out with you? I mean at the at the very least if you're going to date a guy like this it would I think it would be okay for you to ask him to okay you're out with me tonight though so all attention is on me is on me. And then I'm going to ask you to ask yourself is he someone you can play with and not get hurt?
0: Uh okay.
1: Play with are the <laughs> words to take note of. Um and I and have you seen any evidence to suggest that he has any of the same um future goals that you do? Are you on the same page? These are questions you would want to ask a kid in a candy store. And he life
0: may... Life goals. Okay. Huh? Making, that you share the same life goals. Um, right. And, you're, and, and the timing of those life goals is something you share as well, which is um, very important. Yes, and and
1: the thing is about a kid is even if he says, oh, yeah, I'm into commitment, his actions will tell you different. He won't be available on a Saturday night. or You know, a kid in a candy store, they're very transparent because they're everywhere. And if Buddha said he who is everywhere is nowhere, he's not with you. And these guys are, are pretty easy to read. The concern I have is for the woman who thinks she can change him.
0: Okay, so someone who recognizes the situation but thinks she's going to be the woman who's going to have him kind of turn a new leaf or forget about everyone else and that kind of right. thing. Okay.
1: So I say to women, um, in short, if he has the makings of being this kind of a heartbreaker and you entertain the notion that you are an incredible enough woman to coax him to change, I say good luck. So either accept the long odds against this guy to settle down or adopt his attitude about life and play. And if you like flashy, transcending things and don't demand emotional availability, a relationship with this guy could work. I think of Samantha from Sex and the City. That's the kind of attitude you, have, you would want to have with a guy like this.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Um, and, again, it comes down to being honest with yourself, really. Um, uh, yes, exactly. When you're with any of these guys and really being honest with yourself about what you want and what you're comfortable with, um, you know, apart from the guy in that sense.
1: Yes, and and, and and as for the kind the Candy Store, like a Samantha kind of person could, but the other subtype I have in here called the Slick Willie that's really kind of a sexual addict and just wants to just stay away from them. They're the sleazy guys. That's a version of this guy, and there's just no reason to be with a guy like this and keep your self-respect, so I just wanted to add that as a footnote.
0: Excellent, excellent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the final of the three prototypes that uh, yeah, i would like to discuss tonight, you characterize as, He's a young thing and cannot leave his mother. So tell us about that one.
1: This is the guy um, who has a – um doesn't matter whether he lives with his mom or not, whether it doesn't matter if she's down the hall or down, across the country, he has an emotional attachment to his mom that um, he, has not, he has not grown out of. It's almost as if mom is on his shoulder at all times, and he – I remember I had a Catholic girl come to see me who had gone to Catholic school for 13 years and had Catholicism and all those strict rules. And she said, it's, I feel every day I'm walking around with a nun on my shoulder and every, every action I take is being judged by the nun. And this very similar metaphor for uh, a boy who cannot leave his mother. So the trouble with that is there's some standard that, that his mom has that you will eventually come under that kind of scrutiny.
0: And do you? In, any, uh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead.
1: No, How that's right. Say,
0: but you know, your stories have been great to make this, um, you know, really concrete for our audience. Do you have any stories from your clinical, clinical experience or, or anything that you can you can yes. share with our audience just to really bring the point home?
1: Mm-hmm. I had a couple coming in um, for some stress and anger management. I do uh, I do stress management and anger management, and they were fighting, so they came in for some really some relationship coaching. Okay. And uh, he was talking. They were talking about how they were planning their wedding, and the mom just was was coming in on everything with the flowers and the dresses. And the the woman, the, uh, her name her, in the book, her name is Mindy. Mindy was so taken aback by this, and George kept saying, "You know, she just wants to help. She's always been very helpful with my projects." And Mindy said, "Your project, projects. This is our wedding, and she's being too pushy. She's always telling me what to do." Where well, where George was seeing helpful, Mindy was feeling controlling. This was the different point of view that they had about the mom's behavior. And George, you know, began to see when, you know, Mindy kept saying, and I would add my two cents. He sort of knew it was true, and he realized that ever since college, uh, they were in their 20, uh, late 20s at the time. Ever since college, he realized that that he was checking in with her. She was calling and. He was a healthy enough young man to start to realize that his mom was a little too involved in his life. He was emotionally incestuous. And over a couple of sessions, we laid out a plan, and he started setting boundaries with his mom. And that, that one had a happy ending because the mom didn't want to lose the relationship. But I have another story where a woman was, uh, one of my clients was dating a, a, mo- a guy from a. a a background where uh, men are very revered. The, the firstborn son is very revered. And the mother would litter, would cut his food. They'd share food off of each other's plates. And whatever the, the woman said, he would say, you know, my mom my mom says you shouldn't cook that for me. And the mom would say that's not good for him. And it was just a mess. And this is a true story that one day and she told me she was getting pretty fed up about it. Then <laughs> She came in one day. She said they had gone to a restaurant. They were all leaving a restaurant. And the mom literally jumped on the young man's back, and they were riding piggyback through through the parking lot. I'm not kidding. And then she told me this, and she said she realized that he would be carrying his mother all his life, and she broke up with him because it was just that was too much. Again, it's all matters of degrees, and that's why we want the helpful hints. On this one, this was a boy that was not going to be able to make the separation.
0: Okay, now in terms of the things to do, you know, with the first story you had mentioned about, it sounds like one of the first things to do would be to, um, you know, the guy would have to be open to establishing those boundaries.
1: Um, right. So, okay. so, what, so the things to do on this one are make the woman, as the woman, if you're feeling this about your uh, partner and his mom, is you have to make very clear requests of him. Remember, he's emotionally involved with the mom, so he he may not be hearing you clearly. So I always ask women, it's really our responsibility to communicate very clearly and unemotionally without making the man wrong, because otherwise he won't hear anything. So you can make requests like, you know, the next time we go out with your mom, um, can you please make sure that, you know, you show some warmth and affection to me, because I want your mom to know how important I am to you. I want you to include me in and not feel shut out. And if the mother says anything critical, okay, I'm now that that's a question you can ask. And in the woman's, I want to say, if there's a time the mother's been critical to you in front of him, you can ask him, you know, your mom, what she said that hurt my feelings. And I'm just wondering if something like that is said again, if you could please stand up for me. So basically, what you're doing is you're training him to cut the apron strings little bit by little bit. Remember, he's been with her since he was born. So you probably have to practice some patience and make these requests, you know, one at a time, one at a time. But, you know, I've seen these guys break away, like in the case of Mindy and George. It's just you must be patient and you can't yell or scream or nag because then all you do is become the bad mother and you're going to make her look even better.
0: Uh, okay. And just sharing your perspective, because like you said, he may not, you know, he grew up in this situation. he may not realize. Um, you know his girlfriend or wife's perspective, and just really spelling it out in a non-confrontational way um, is a great first step. Exactly,
1: like. and, and some of them are. I don't want to say the word trainable because they're not puppies, but sometimes they men sometimes just don't know. And a kind, loving woman who can communicate communicate clearly and unemotionally without making him wrong first. I've seen many. Men in this book, these types, blossom into being amazing partners. So a lot of the responsibility lies upon the woman and her ability to communicate.
0: Wonderful. Because whenever you say that about the responsibility, what I hear is, wow, you know, women are empowered and they can, mm-hmm. they can do something about this. And that's always, you know, that's where I love to go if possible in relationships, you know, the sense of empowerment, and that means there's something you can do. And if there's something you can do, you're you're empowered to potentially, you know, change. Especially, of course, the guy needs to be willing to. But, um, but I think that um, that's very positive in terms of uh, potential.
1: In that Absolutely, sense. yeah. We have more power than we think. I, at least a third of my practice, are men. Men like to come see me. I'm not a. a a coach that only sees women. And I'll tell you, the number one thing men are tired of hearing what they're tired of with women are women making demands and nagging and making them wrong. So whatever you want from your guy, if there's a behavior you don't like, the best way to get it is to approach it in a positive, like you said, non-confrontational, not making him wrong way. And then if you try what I say in the book is if you try these things and the way I'm mapping them out, and then he still is the same person, then you can honestly say I did the best I could to make this happen, and then you don't have to feel that you was you know you didn't try your best, and if you feel like you need to leave, you know you can say i gave him my be- i gave him the best shot to make the shift, and he didn't so now I can leave it's not working for me
0: and you can walk away with that's W- wonderful. Now I found quoting your book particularly compelling and I'd like to share it with our listeners and then have you expand. And you wrote um, quote, we should never be ashamed that finding a good relationship like life is a process of trial and error. The only thing that would be regrettable is if we didn't learn from our failed relationships end quote. And this really seems to segue into what you you were speaking of before. So tell us about that.
1: And that quote or Well that comes from a lot of personal experience. <laughs> I right. will be honest. Okay. Okay.
0: You know, I I like
1: I like to I like peop my I like my listeners and I've done a lot of radio and I realize when you've said how many radio things I've done I've got I have to update that. I do a lot of radio TV, I do a lot. I like people to know because I you know, I came from an alcoholic background and I did, I had no role modeling whatsoever and oh. and I didn't and I didn't have anything as I went out into the world. So you know, I feel I made, I took lemons and made lemonade. I, I went into a field where I could help people, and the things that my clients always say to me when they come to me or work with me on the phone is, I, I know the way you listen and the way you respond, that you're a person who's been through a lot in your life, and it helps me because I know you, you didn't have some silver spoon life and are just doing this because you wanted, you wanted to earn a living doing this. And so when I talk about you know, the the transitions and the shifts, it's because I have several relationships I went through before I found the the relationship I'm in now. And I'm I, I will say I'm very happily married now with a wonderful man who he and I have a great give and take. But that didn't just happen. And I want everyone to never give up because every time you look at something that didn't work, you open up the possibility for the next one to be better. And, and it's like everything. You just, you just keep doing it till you get it right and always feel great when you move on from something into something else.
0: Great. Now, I think there's another quote that, that I think somewhat follows on the heels of this again. And that's another quote, which, um, which again, I'll, I'll go ahead and quote it directly and then have you um, share with the audience. And um, Dr. Cardinal wrote, um, quote, I couldn't help but notice as my relationship with myself who kinder and more loving so too did the men who showed up in my life and you, you mentioned about you know having experiences and then being happily married so tell us about tell us about this quote and tell us anything you'd like to with respect to it I think it's yeah, a very you know
1: my 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 first book is on self-esteem and which I'm very proud of my first book because it's gone into a bunch of languages I get Letters from all over the world. And um, the is number you
0: know, one... Cardinal? What's the title of your book, just in case people want to check it out? Yes,
1: it's called A Cure A Cure for the Common Life, The Cardinal Rules of Self-Esteem is the subtitle. And rule number one is don't hang around people who make you feel bad about yourself. And the only reason anybody would be hanging around somebody who just doesn't think you're the greatest thing in the whole world is because of low self-esteem. And low self-esteem is learned. So um, in my own experience, as I learned more about how men operate and how they think, which a lot of times we just don't know, but as I learned more about that through my personal life and my professional life, and as I became kinder on myself that it's okay that I hadn't figured everything out uh, quickly or whatever, it's a learning curve, I had compassion that no one ever taught me about men. I went to... uh, uh, Catholic school myself and m- my parents fought all the time where would I have learned a healthy way to communicate and how men think and as I realized over time I was learning it I could have more compassion for myself that it took me a couple relationships to find mine because I didn't get it's like somebody says to you here's some old ply boards and a couple rusty nails go out in the world and build a mansion well no you can't build a mansion till you acquire all the raw materials and I, as I forgave myself and love myself more for my process and my journey, as unique as it is, my relationship started reflecting that kind of love and acceptance back at me. It's very powerful when you
0: Extremely powerful.
1: And when you love yourself and your journey for exactly what it is without comparing it to anyone else's.
0: Uh, cuz you really can't compare it's almost like apples and oranges and you just don't have the database to really be able to and I mean to compare in any real way that that's what i, I mean I, that's, that's you I, said that
1: perfectly yeah you said that's that perfectly it, it it's that it's exactly right if it's ladies or gentlemen and gentlemen listening first step towards anything is let go of your shame and your feeling of disappointment and any failures you've had because the way everything fell together with your genetics, your childhood, your biology—the way it all fell together—you are one. You are a snowflake. You are unique, and your journey is yours. And just love it for its pluses and its minuses, and just keep moving and learning. And your life can change when you have that kind of self-acceptance. Excellent.
0: Now, with that very empowering thought, I'd love for you to share with with us and you know we do well um, you know um, we do have men and women who might you know who are listening to this. So we'd love to share you to share with us your tips for choosing the right mate. And you I know you have male clients as well as female clients and couple of clients and um, so feel free, whatever comes naturally to you, if you'd like to first speak to women, then speak to men or just you know make it gender neutral. Whatever, you know, whatever however it comes organically to you. But your tips to choosing the right mate would be very, very welcome
1: okay you know i will I thank you for that. I appreciate you letting me have that that time to say this number one I'm saying this, and you know I'm saying this truthfully and yes, I want people to buy my books i do but my book my self esteem book is nine ninety five it's nothing I think it's seven dollars on amazon but i I really have to say that the fundamentals of a healthy, vibrant sense of self is the first thing and in my cardinal rules book which takes about 15 or 20 minutes to read you can get from there a foundation for a healthy sense of self that embodies self-love self-discipline self-reliance self-control and the ability to self-correct now those are the five fundamentals of a healthy self-esteem it's not just oh i love myself and i'm great and i'm all that because a lot of times that's covering superiority thoughts covering Feelings of shame. So again, I will repeat, a healthy sense of self embodies self-love, self-discipline, self-reliance, self-control, and the ability to self-correct. Now, what does that mean if you're looking for a partner? Well, first of all, you're going to have the self-discipline to be to be patient when you're dating somebody and not jump into bed with them or not think, read into it or project what you want them to be. Everything when you're looking for somebody... Begins with the ability to be able to be present but be observing what's happening without projecting any of your filters on it. Like, for instance, I had a client come in yesterday mm-hmm. who is with, was with the come here, go away guy. Well, he's gone. But she wants to get married and have a child so badly that she, when he said on the third day, I, want, I love you, I could see having kids, she bought it. She was projecting her wanting something so badly, and she ended up, what happened wasn't good. I'm just going to say, I can't say what it was, but it didn't turn out well at all. And she did not exercise self-discipline there. She wasn't wasn't self-correcting. She wasn't honoring herself. So everything begins with your ability to, if you see someone you really like, to letting it unfold because if this is somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with, you can take two to three to four to five to six months really getting to know this person. That's the best advice I can give. The second best advice I can give is to women. Women, the secret to a successful, long-lasting relationship lies with your ability to communicate, to ask for what you want, clearly and unemotionally. You like a guy to be on time? Let's say you're dating a guy, he's late on the second date, he's late on the third date. What women need to do is say, "Not, why didn't you call me? Why don't you? Why are you late?" You say very calmly, "I really enjoyed my first date with you and I was looking for, I'm looking forward I was looking forward to seeing you again, but I have to say that when you arrived 45 minutes late, I felt very uncomfortable and I felt kind of disrespected." And I'm just wondering, could you, make, could you please, for me, um, let me know if you're going to be late, and if we set up a time, please let me know if that's going to work for you. And it, did you hear how I did that?
0: Very respectfully, very non-confrontationally, and um, directly. Now, if he
1: does bad. it again, you maybe try one more time. And if he does it again, you dump him. Because you, a woman, here's a piece of a million, another million-dollar piece of advice. You will know who you are going to marry by the man who is able to hear your needs and meet them. So what does that imply? That implies that we as women need to be clear of what our needs are and able to communicate them. So relationships, a successful relationship begins with a woman's ability to communicate. So you ask, and then a man responds. If he doesn't respond, then he's not the guy for you. The guy shows up late three more times. He didn't hear you. How is he going to be there for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, when he can't even hear, I need to show up on time? So you dump him and move on, and you go next. And I tell women when you're dating, wherever you are, make sure you're asking for something. Maybe it's sugar for your coffee, more dressing for your salad. Just get in the habit of nicely asking for things that you need, and then that's how you see if it's a man for you. And men who are listening... If a woman, if you're interested in a woman, pay attention to her needs because she will stay with the man who makes her feel safe because her needs are being met, and a man will stay with a woman who respects him and does not make him wrong.
0: Very interesting. Thank you. And those were some really great insights. Uh, I still want to answer this last question, which is. Is there any last thought or take-home message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Again, we have both men and women. Um, so, any last, you know, you gave a couple million dollars, you know, thoughts and ideas and insights. Any more of those, or anything else you'd like to share at all? Um, well,
1: I, the first thing I want to say, I, I would like to say that I've been I've been in business for twenty-five years, and I, I really don't advertise or anything. I'm word of mouth. That anybody's listening and they're feeling hopeless about finding somebody or hopeless about making a relationship work, just go to my website. And you know what? What everyone tells me is that in just a couple sessions, I've had people say they were in couples counseling for months and even years, and where, or by the, or individual counseling. And when they come to me in just a couple sessions, they say, "You took I understood more and knew more what to do than months and years of other things I've done." I think people sometimes are intimidated to contact somebody because they think it's going to be this long-term commitment. And I'd like to always say that it's not with me. I, I can hear, and I can get you unstuck pretty quickly. So number one, I'd like to throw that out. And the segue is the last thing I'd want to say. Please don't ever give up hope. I have worked with so many people who have been in what appeared to be hopeless situations that didn't that no longer had possibilities. And through the exercises and the plans and the things we've laid in place i have many people that are happily married now i had a couple get married last week she's 60 he's 50 she came to me several years ago saying i'm never going to find a man i'm too old and i'm in la and they are gloriously happy and she just followed my advice step by step It, it i get these stories all the time so please i'm saying don't be hopeless don't think things aren't possible don't give up ever
0: Wonderful! I think that's a great, uh, great thing to end on. And I'd like to thank Dr. Cardinal for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: And I'd like to give my my websites are sure. mentorunfrom.com and katharinecardinal.com are my two websites.
0: Mentorunfrom.com and katharinecardinal.com. Wonderful. And once again, if you'd like to learn more about the insights Dr. cardinal has been sharing with us today, her book is entitled, Men to Run From, So You Can Find the Right One to Run To. Now, in case you've joined us late and would like to share this show with people in your life, I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. I can be reached at jessbnetintersectionsmatch.com. Appreciate your hanging out with us. Do email me with topics you'd like to discuss in future shows, and make sure to join us for next month's show. Thank you so much.